0: You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Checking back in on those ESPN rankings, talking about quarterbacks, tight ends. Today, I like seeing how the league feels about players. It's not just one writer's opinion. Scouts and coaches and execs and players around the league, interviewed by Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. To get these rankings for the top players at each position group in the NFL, at BD Peacock is where you can find me on Twitter. Matt is at Williamson NFL. Get those early questions in for next week's Twitter Tuesday episode. If you want to hear about uh, us breaking down these rankings for wide receivers and running backs, you can go back to yesterday's program, or actually Wednesday's program. And if you haven't heard it yet, it's a must-listen show from Thursday, yesterday's episode with Matt Harmon talking about oh, reception, good, perception it? wide receivers. He's fantastic.
0: Yeah, that was a blast. I really enjoyed that.
1: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, It's always fun to have some guests and some other voices in on our podcast, which we will happen to have next week with Luke from Locked On Vikings joining us on Monday. We're going to talk with uh, Tony from Locked On Jaguars as well to get a little better feel for those teams heading into the 2020 season or 2021 season next week. Quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes, what is this career arc for Patrick Mahomes? He had to be number one, clear-cut number one. I don't think it's a shock at all that everybody thinks he's number one. It's like, it's, it's almost silly where he's at. And like, do we even need to pump the brakes on where we're putting Patrick Mahomes so early in his career after just a few seasons? Because he's like on this Peyton Manning, Tom Brady career arc, but with much more physical ability.
0: Yeah, yeah, and insane numbers, great situation, clearly number one. I mean, I found it crazy that when the Chiefs lost the Super Bowl last year, one of the big narratives was, well, now Mahomes can't catch Brady. Like, that was his third year as a starter, you know, (laughs) and his first, I mean, obviously, he sat every game but one as a rookie. After that, he wins the MVP and is a D Ford, you know, lined up in the neutral zone, maybe away from going to the Super Bowl. Next year, he wins the Super Bowl. After that, he loses the Super Bowl. You know, like, and we were we're, like, you know, saying negative things about him. Oh, he can't catch Brady. You're like, oh, geez.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, look, Mahomes isn't that great when he has no offensive tackles. (laughs)
0: Right, <laughs> right. And he's throwing <laughs> balls while his body's parallel to the ground. You know, like you know, the craziness he put on there was almost one of his best performances in a way because he had we was you know really hamstrung. But he's clearly number one, and I don't think it's too early to say he's on an all-time great, if not better, career path. I mean, Hall of Fame now is almost like a you know done deal.
1: I, I I'm not quite old enough to remember early career john elway but i think the physical abilities when john mm-hmm. elway came out is like oh my gosh this guy's ridiculous he's athletic and he can throw a baseball from home plate over a home run fence right and he's just got this crazy arm crazy talent and he was good but he was he like setting the league on fire when he jumped into no. the nfl because he didn't win championships obviously till very late in his career
0: no the only one i can think of that's close but isn't anywhere similar a player was early career Marino. Mm -hmm. I mean, Marino did like the league on fire, same draft class as Elway, set all the records, went to the Super Bowl against Montana right off the bat, and everyone's like, oh, these guys will meet for 10 years in a row, you know, and it didn't work out that way, but Danny M's first couple years were as good as anyone before Mahomes, or better than anyone before
1: Mahomes. Yeah, that's probably a much better comparison for what uh, the the statistics the that output, Marino yeah. put out like, early in his career with Patrick Mahomes first. It was, he threw 50 touchdowns his first year as a starter. That's Marino crazy. did. no, uh, Well, Mahomes did.
0: Oh, Mahomes did, yeah. But Marino, and Marino's Mahomes numbers now, if he came out, would be amazing. But for those times,
1: oh, I mean, it was
0: unheard of yeah. and without question.
1: So Patrick Mahomes is number one. Uh, No surprise there. This is where things get a little bit more interesting. And I think there's going to be, you know, a little bit more veteran skew to this thing from people around the league. And it's not surprising that two and three are Aaron Rodgers, two, then Tom Brady, three, with Russell Wilson. And then Josh Allen, sort of a newcomer to this type of a list, jumping in here at number five.
0: Yeah, and Rodgers is MVP, and he's an all-time great. I mean, him at two to me is easy. This is going to sound blasphemous, and I don't mean it to be. I don't think Tom Brady is the third best quarterback on the planet right now. And and I use this example, and I stole it from Chris Sims. What if Brady were on that Kansas City team, and Mahomes were on the Tampa Bay team in that one game? It would have been much uglier for Kansas City. How about this example? I'm gonna. Here's my biggest complaint with the list: is Deshaun Watson isn't even mentioned, which. He, I can mm. say what you want about him off the field, but he's not anywhere on this list. Honorable mention, whatever. What if Brady were on Houston's team last year or Watson were on Tampa's team this, this year, I'm not denying Brady's greatness. And there's something to be said for elevating those around you with all the things he brings off the field and leadership. I mean, that's all unmatched, but when things don't go to script, he crumbles. I mean, I don't know that I wouldn't rather play against Brady than Josh Allen or, you know, I mentioned Watson, some of these guys that are just dangerous for six seconds.
1: What's amazing. Yeah. It's probably more frustrating for sure to go up against Russell Wilson and to go up against someone like Patrick Mahomes, but um, just the, the surgical nature of Tom Brady and you see where the Tampa Bay Bucks were with and without him. Yeah, you can't, Obviously, let me stop
0: you there for one thing, though, because I said this on was the year the Brady, the offseason Brady went to Tampa. I said before we knew who Tampa's next quarterback was going to be, I said over and over, this team could be really good if their quarterback doesn't throw 500 interceptions like Winston did the year before. They had a really good roster. And if they just had average or you know better than average turnover you know situation at the quarterback position they were immediately going to win a couple more games you know that that winston year just hurt them so bad because of all the picks now i'm not saying oh brady's just like anybody anybody could have done that it's definitely not true and then he goes on and recruits gronk and ab and adds these other pieces too as a general manager type feel but I did think he walked in, and to his credit, he probably recognized it too. This is a really solid team. That if we just don't turn the ball over a million times,
1: we're going to be pretty good. I'm sure, and Tom Brady's no dummy. He looked at that roster and thought, "Right, not a bad situation for me." I live in Florida, warmer weather. Florida. You don't have those northeast winters to deal with as an older quarterback at 43 years old. And this is a roster I can absolutely win with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's no dummy. He knows how the league works, and I <laughs> mean, there's. I also give him immense credit because. They had that super late week 13 bye. And from that point on, it really felt like Brady took a hold of this team during that bye, made it his own, and then they steamrolled the rest of the league. I'm not by any means cutting on Brady. I just don't know that he's better at the position right now than Watson or Allen or some of the even maybe Lamar or Wilson. And two years ago in New England, Brady was not impressive, and if he would have been a Patriot this past year, like you said, in the wind, and the cold, with no receivers, I don't think he'd be three on this list.
1: Yeah, it's still a team sport, obviously, and I wonder yeah. what – I'd like to go back, and I don't have it with me right now. I wonder what he did rank last year after that season in New England on this list.
0: Uh, last year's ranking, seven.
1: So he Okay, so he went from seven to three, so he'd probably be closer to the bottom half of the top ten, but probably yeah. still in there if he was in New England.
0: I mean, he's not falling off. I mean, he's he he's way better than Breeze or Ben or some of these other guys. He throws the ball incredibly well. Obviously, he takes care of his body. But I, the, the situation he's in works very well, to put him in three years, all I'm going to say.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And it's still a team sport, even though the quarterback's mm-hmm. the most important. And by the way, a, a little story breaking in the last 24 hours. He had a, a partially torn MCL during the Super Bowl and he had surgery for it in February so that's interesting and look that's yeah. the tough part about being 43 years old is at some point your body's going to break down on you and his arm looked it's its not breeze like with what happened with, uh, with Tom Brady's oh. Uh, age his arm almost looks like it's maybe stronger than it was a couple years ago or at least last year so uh, i thought brady was throwing the ball slinging it around pretty well last year but now mcl so if you know the bottom half of his body starts to fail we'll see how that goes for brady so um yeah partially torn mcl so good on him for playing through that at such a high level but you know it's also worrisome going forward too
0: no, without question, you know. I mean, and, and no one would ever doubt his toughness or competitiveness. And I'm sure he's, you know, fought through many injuries that we don't know about. I mean, if you know Philip Rivers at the end was that way, Ben Breeze, all these guys. If you play that long, you fight through a lot of injuries that don't become public knowledge. And again, I feel like I'm being hard on Brady it's better than it was a knee or something or an ankle or something like that for him. That's probably just pain management with his style than a Mm. shoulder or an elbow or your neck, you know, I'm thinking about Peyton Manning, you know?
1: Right. Yeah. Because that's it. So here's, what's interesting. Um, and we've got to move along here. We've only talked about sure. three quarterbacks. And we have another position group of tight ends to get to as well. But so we, we, the way Breeze. i spend the whole
0: podcast bashing
1: the best player of all time. <laughs> I mean, obviously, Matt Williamson's a Tom Brady hater. So we've got that right, established. Right. Uh, but so uh, just the last point here, because it's interesting that Winston is involved with both uh, Brady and Breeze, but the opposite sides of those things. Mm-hmm. So the, the jump from Winston to Brady was clear in what Brady can do to win you football games. But now we see with the decline of Breeze's arm and going from that to Winston, and it's interesting, and and we'll see if the same thing happens, but opposite for the Saints, where just the the mind of the quarterback of Tom Brady and Drew Breeze and those types, and almost forget about the arm, how many games, how much does that win you over the course of season when you are consistently just getting your team into the right play, leadership. You know exactly what's going on. You can make just the base throws, not even big-time throws. How important is that? And I just think even still to this day, we're kind of underrating some of those things with guys like Brady and Breeze. Just the surgical nature of how they look at the sport and how in control of everything on offense they are and getting their team into the right play. Every single play throughout the course of the season just creates more wins than these wow throws that we see six, seven seconds into a play from some other quarterbacks.
0: Without question, because... You know, some of these wild throws are great, but they also make a lot of mistakes, or they don't see things. And there's, I always talk about there's there's no stat for the throw you should make that you never let go. And yeah. um, you know, I mentioned Peyton Manning. To me, he's the perfect example. I mean, he won the Super Bowl without being able to throw a football. You know, I mean, and <laughs> it, it wasn't all on him, but obviously his mind was far and away his only asset at that point. Not only his greatest asset, but his only asset. But I do find it interesting. We had Matt Harmon on yesterday. And, you know, he and his reception perception for Michael Thomas pretty much says uh, a quarterback that's going to throw the ball down the field is going to be really happy with Thomas. He's getting open at all levels. You know, Breeze wasn't really able to do that. So in some ways, I think Winston brings a component they didn't have, um, but no one's going to match the Breeze, Brady, Manning, late career oh, I know this corner is blitzing. I'm going to throw it here. I've seen this 400 times. It doesn't matter if my arm's good or not, you know?
1: Right. It it was almost like Breeze was Slant Boy, not Michael Thomas.
0: Exactly. Well (laughs) said. Yeah, that's a a great way of saying it.
1: All right, we'll finish up the quarterback rankings, move on to tight ends next. Always fun to look at those bet online NFL futures as we move along in the offseason, see how things move. Looks like a lot of money on Tampa Bay. Folks out there like the odds of the Buccaneers potentially repeating and have another great season with Tom Brady, who lost to Aaron Rodgers in a golf match recently, a celebrity golf match, which you can also bet on at betonline.ag. Everything NFL futures, offensive, defensive rookies of the year, win totals. Major League Baseball all summer long. We've got any number of other things you can get in on the action at betonline.ag. Just remember to tell them that Locked On sent you the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports, and it's free to sign up. Just go to betonline.ag, use promo code LOCKEDON, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. As I mentioned, four and five, Russell Wilson and Josh Allen. And you said something that, and I'm I'm blown awake because I didn't really notice it at first. And I don't see it mentioned in the write-up either. To not put Deshaun Watson in here or mention him at all. Never mentioned. It's extremely strange just to pretend that he doesn't exist because he should be on this list.
0: He should maybe be three, to be very honest with you. I mean, whenever before he got in trouble, I thought... Other than Mahomes, he was the greatest asset in all of football for you know his age, what he has in front of him. You know, if we were having a quarterback draft like we did receivers, he would have been my second pick at that point behind Mahomes. You know, when you factor in contracts and everything like that, and he went he had a tremendous season last year with very little around him. I, I, I don't think it's cool to not to pretend like he doesn't exist. Or did everyone they? Or do people don't think he's good. I can't believe that because some of these honorable no. mentions can't handle cold, but can't hand, hold a candle to watch.
1: Here's the other thing: Does the league know if this is a list looking at 2021 quarterbacks? Does the league know he's not going to play, so he can't be on the list because he's not going to play yeah. in 2021? Maybe that. Yeah,
0: maybe GMs are like he really doesn't exist right now.
1: <laughs> right. True. But, but
0: he should be top five.
1: But yeah, so he should be uh, you know at least six here in front of the next guy, Matthew Stafford. So it's two different things. How good is Deshaun Watson and? His other stuff off the field, will he play? Those are two separate conversations. He's good enough to be on this list. He should be top five, at least top six. How do you feel about Stafford here at six? So we've got Stafford, six, Dak, seven, Lamar Jackson, eight. And I think there's a little bit of a line there. And Lamar Jackson is yeah. always going to be an interesting one how people look at him because he plays the game so different and uh, just such an awesome season from Josh Allen last year. We've got a new home for Matthew Stafford and then Dak Prescott with the injury. So these are all very hard for me to rank. Do you think they got these right?
0: When I was scrolling down this the first time, I saw Stafford at six, and, and that's a little alarming. You're like, wow, okay. And Because I think he was eighth or ninth or something like that on the list I did a few months ago. And my initial thought was, this verifies a lot of things I've heard and have suspected all along, that smart people in the league recognize Stafford's greatness, and they recognize... How terrible it is to be a Detroit Lions. Sorry, Lions fans, but it's pretty
1: pretty well documented. I mean, that's that's the truth.
0: Yeah, it's just fact. And so I initially thought, good, I'm glad he's getting that recognition at six. I think he's going to blow up with the Rams. I'm a believer. But then when I scrolled down, I thought, I still think I'd rather play against Stafford than Dak or Lamar.
1: Yes, exactly. I would absolutely rather play against Stafford than Josh Allen. Dak Presley, oh, yeah. uh, Lamar Jackson the guys near him in his group and then nine and ten on this list Justin Herbert and Kyler Murray you could probably throw them in on this list so this is a huge year for Matthew Stafford in LA it's a huge year for Sean McVay how good of a coach are you were you really uh, being held back by your quarterback was Matthew Stafford really being held back by being in Detroit this is huge for those uh people this year for you know how people look at them going forward
0: without a doubt without a doubt I mean th- this is a A pivotal year for Stafford. He could win the Super Bowl. They could crumble. Who's to say? Um, Side Rams note. I want to throw this out there. This is totally random by me. But this came when when the, the Sharp Football Almanac just came out. And I told you how excited I am when football outsiders and the Sharp Almanac come out. And over like the last five or six years, this probably won't surprise you, the Rams have been far and away the healthiest team in the league which really correlates to how they're built. You know, they, they're so top-heavy and so star-heavy that they haven't gotten hit hard with injuries in that regard. And on the opposite end, in the same five-year stretch or so, your Niners are far and away the most injured team. Mm-hmm. So those two rivals have been 1-32 in terms of their health. And it made me think, you know, It's probably total coincidence. And, you know, could this thing crumble on the Rams? Are they built on something that's kind of fragile? And, you know, we'll all blame Stafford for it if they have a bunch of injuries for the first time in five years. Or is there a little bit of a science to it? I mean, are some teams better at avoiding hamstring pulls and, you know, some things like that? I don't know.
1: That's a great question. The Niners, going back to like eight years, have been the most injured team in the NFL. And last year was an all-timer for them. And they already changed their strength and conditioning staff a few years ago. So they're like going back to the drawing board again with that. So is it just luck? Is is there something else there? And you know, and that's the thing: is Matthew Stafford going to bring the bad Detroit luck over to L. A. <laughs> with it him? With because that, yeah. and that's the big thing with with the Niners. And we're getting off on a tangent here, but with uh, any team in the NFL, who do you lose? Who gets injured? And the Rams are set up in a way with the stars and scrubs roster. They like if they lose quarterback, defensive line, corner. You know, Donald Stafford, Ramsey. Just one of those guys, let alone any of them, the Niners lost their quarterback, their best defensive lineman and their best uh, corner and a bunch of people last year. But I mean, that could be crushing to the Rams if they just lose one of those, let alone a couple of those guys get hurt at the same time.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's just how they're built. I mean, they don't bring in first round picks. Jared Goff was their last one and they do bring in a lot of picks, but they don't bring they're very invested in those five guys or so, like you said. And you know, I thought the playoffs last year was a pretty good example. Aaron Donald was a shell of himself in Green Bay, and they couldn't keep up. I mean, I'm not saying they would have won with Donald, but they would never had a chance without him, without him being the stud.
1: So, quarterbacks that also received votes here: Matt Ryan, Derek Carr, Ben Roethlisberger, Ryan Tannehill, Joe Burrow, Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, and Carson Wentz, which was a surprising name to see on this. And this you can't Moines, include
0: Wentz right now.
1: And there there was a veteran offensive player that was quoted. And he said the culture in Indy with Ballard, Frank Reich, completely different vibe there. Good line and running game will be absolutely perfect for Carson. So that that player, a uh, veteran NFL offensive player thinks there's a huge bounce back coming for uh for Carson Wentz in Indianapolis, but uh, just of those honorable mentions I get that.
0: But Wentz got
1: benched. <laughs> he can't be on this list. He, he he doesn't he can't be on this list. If that does happen, we'll talk about him on the list next year.
0: <laughs> right, yeah. right. I mean It wasn't all his fault. I mean, he threw a million picks and took a ton of sacks, but he got benched. He's not on the the best quarterbacks in the league list right now. (laughs) None of these other guys got benched.
1: That's very true. Uh, Should Ben be on here with where he's at in his career and what we saw from him recently?
0: Uh, He'd probably be the last one on this list. I mean, what, they won 13 games or whatever last year, and there is some lifetime achievement award. I think Matt Ryan's sort of in that same barrel right now too. But yeah. I, I thought the same thing, like I'm not sure Ben should be listed at this point either.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't really even put Derek Carr in there. So it'd be more like, mm-hmm. you know, Tannehill and Baker Mayfield, you know, Kirk Cousins had a really good year and, you know, yeah. everyone kind of knows who he is, but maybe even gets disrespected in some ways because he had a, he had a great season.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He really
1: did. Um, but here's the question I have for you. If we'll finish up the quarterbacks with this and then move on to tight ends. 9 and 10 on the list, Justin Herbert and Kyler Murray. Yeah, I want to go back. To that. If you're fast-forwarding a year, two years, how high do those guys end up? Because we could be talking about the list next year looks something like Mahomes, Herbert, Allen, Rogers, Murray, Jackson, right? I think Herbert
0: like might be two.
1: Like, you think I mean, he could be two at this time next year?
0: In the, in the coming years. Like, okay. I'd have a hard time believing... Like I can obviously see Ryan and Rogers and some of these guys not being in the top handful next year, especially if Rogers doesn't play or you know who knows what his situation is. I, Mahomes isn't going anywhere. I don't think Allen's going anywhere, but I think Herbert could rival Allen as the biggest competitor to Mahomes at this you know the stage maybe. I and mean, I don't think that's crazy. His rookie year was remarkable. One little note about Herbert, though. There were two or three games, and I don't have their schedule in front of me, when he faced Belichick or Belichick disciples on defense that he looked like a rookie. There was a couple games he looked like a rookie, and everyone tends to forget those. And he's going to see – I'd have to go back and look at all the defenses they played. But whatever those guys did, he's going to see a lot of this year. So I assume the new Chargers staff is prepping him for that. And then Kyler worries me because I'm not sure Kingsbury's going to be there next year. You know what I mean? Like yeah. his coach worries me.
1: Th- that, that could go in a lot of different directions. It's a pivotal yeah. season for Murray and Cliff Kingsbury in a similar way that it's pivotal for um, for McVay and Matthew Stafford in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And then Yeah, right. Just looking at young quarterbacks around the league and with the, the rookie incoming class this year with those five first rounders, this is a golden age for quarterbacking because we still have the the older quarterbacks playing, and these young guys are so physically talented. This is the most talented the quarterback position has ever been, right?
0: Without question. I mean, just think of the AFC. I mean, we just mentioned Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, who if I've had to pick three, that might be it. But what about Trevor Lawrence, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, Burrow? You know, like I'm not even sure who you pick in the AFC North. Um, Wilson, we'll see, you know, but the AFC is flooded with, you know, 25 and under age superstar talent quarterbacks.
1: That's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to see how these young players all develop. And, and when can they take down the old guys? When they can, when they can finally take down Tom Brady and, and Aaron Rodgers? It looks like Breeze is gone. I don't know if Big Ben's going to be around that much longer. So, um, yeah, who's going to end up at the, at the top, you know, maybe behind Mahomes or even overtake Mahomes with some of these young, really talented quarterbacks in the next few years?
0: Yeah, and the other thing that's interesting, too, is A lot of these teams now have to pay those guys. You know, there's a big contract coming Mm -hmm. up in Baltimore, in Cleveland, in Buffalo. Won't be as easy.
1: And everybody's going to be chasing that $50 million per year that Patrick Mahomes is going to get at some point that doesn't kick in quite yet. But that'll that'll be very – how do you build a roster around a superstar quarterback is always going to be a big – part of the conversation with how much money those guys make too so absolutely um fun time fun time to be covering the nfl let's talk tight ends though matt and finish up there next
0: all right let me talk about rockauto.com they've been a really good friend of the locked on network now for a long time and they do amazing work and with all the increasing numbers of makes and models it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need for your car truck whatever at a traditional chain storefront it just makes no sense so a lot of you do a lot of work on your cars and it makes a lot of sense financially or it's a hobby or whatever you got to check out rockauto.com because their prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low they, rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do for example Um, rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years they have everything you're looking for Uh, I mentioned that the prices are always reliably low and same for professionals as they are for you guys so why spend up to twice as much for the same parts so here's what you do go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available right locked on in their how did you hear about us box they know that we sent you that's locked on two words amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com.
1: I love having a built bar handy for those times when you don't have time. Things are hectic. Got a built bar standing by. There's your quick breakfast on your way to work. And it happens often that I don't have a lot of time before I hit record in the mornings. Or you skip lunch and you realize it and you need that pick-me-up in the afternoon. A snack that you can feel good about eating. That's where built bar comes in. If you are low on time, you want a healthy snack. You need to replace a quick meal maybe. You can't do much better than a low-sugar, low-calorie, high-protein, high-fiber snack that tastes awesome. And to make it even tastier, I'll tell you how you can get 15% off your next box of Built Bars. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and even great for a keto diet. That peanut butter flavor, 19 grams of protein, only 180 calories and 5 grams of sugar. Cookies and cream, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and 4 grams of sugar. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off your next box of Built Bars at BuiltBar.com. The big decision when it comes to tight ends is is 1 and 2. How do you rank them? And in this, you can't say, oh, they're tied. They're 1A, 1B. You can't do it. So... The execs, the coaches, the scouts, the players have all spoken. And it was George Kittle who edged out Travis Kelsey for the top tight end in the NFL. Matt, did they get it right?
0: I don't know, because one year ago, I was often asked, who's the best Offensive skill position player in the NFL. Is it McCaffrey? Is it Michael Thomas? You know, I'm thinking, rewind a year ago, what we thought of all these guys. And I said, no, it's George Kittle. I mean, in a Gronk-like manner, no defense has an answer for this guy. And that's why I thought Gronk was maybe the best, you know, uh, skill player, position player of his generation. And obviously, Kittle's a way better blocker than Kelsey. Obviously. Obviously but Kelsey's coming off like the best tight end season in history and Kittle's coming off another dinged up year. I think I'd have to put Kelsey number one right now.
1: It's interesting because Kittle broke the record for tight end receiving yards the year before, then he's dinged up and then Kelsey does the thing, does what he did last year. Uh, Just age wise, you know, four or five years ahead is Travis Kelsey. Kelsey, Kittle's a better blocker, so that's why I always put Kittle ahead, but they win so differently too, because Kelsey's the route runner, and he's split out a little bit more, and, and George yeah. Kittle can do some split out things, but he's not quite as good of a route runner, but he's so good after the catch, and he's so fun to watch, and he's a lot better of a blocker, and so just the blocking ability and the and the the youth and the athleticism for George Kittle, and he's not that young, he's 27, I think going to be turning 28 at some point this year, but um, I think the edge does go to Kittle because he's just a little bit more complete, but I think if I if it's third down, I would still take Travis Kelsey.
0: Yeah. I mean, I am wasn't factoring in age. I mean, if you're doing that, you take Kittle over Kelsey for sure. I'm just saying All projecting.
1: Those. I'm more just – I'm using the age to say, well, maybe this is a cliff year for Kelsey, and he starts to plateau mm-hmm. or fall off, and George Kittle's maybe still getting better. You know, just just to project and just using that as an age as just sort of a tiebreaker, not really like, okay, rest of career. I'm just saying, you know, gotcha. yeah, who knows? Maybe Travis Kelsey starts to slow down a little bit.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it's bound to happen. I often do say the the great, great Hall of Fame tight ends, which I think these guys kind of are, usually fade away slow. I mean, because they're so smart, even when Antonio Gates and Tony Gonzalez and Witten and those guys ran like me, they still got open and scored touchdowns. And obviously, Kelsey still moves extremely well. Um, So I bet these guys fade away slow, but he is old.
1: Yeah, we've talked about this before. It's like the old guy hoops game. You know, when you go pick pick up basketball, there's the old guy that just has the natural ability down low and he puts in buckets, even though, you know, everyone's younger and and faster around him. And Travis Kelsey is still only 31. You know, like he's he can probably be playing at this level for a long time and get open and catch the ball.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's still shooting threes and driving the lane and dunking still, but yeah,
1: (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) <laughs> um, number three no surprise is Darren Waller I mean just a, a freak of nature really cool to see what's happened with his career coming from you know the triple option offense at Georgia Tech and is a six-six, super athletic wide receiver turned tight end and he's a tough cover and if you ask maybe NFL tight end uh, NFL linebackers which tight end they'd not want to cover maybe they would even pick Waller over Kittle and Kelsey
0: I think he's an easy three and this is a different conversation, but in fantasy, I think he's going to be my second-ranked tight end behind Kelsey. Part of it's because of what like what Matt Harmon was saying. I think Ayuk's really, really good, and injuries have loomed a little bit in Kittle's behalf. And I just think Waller obviously is going to lead his team by a wide margin in all receiving categories.
1: Yes, no, and I'm not going to argue with you too much there. Any one of those three guys could go huge as far as fantasy goes and probably just more targets coming Kelsey and Waller's way, just because the 49ers want to run the ball more, especially if Trey Lance is the quarterback, they're going to really feature the running game there. But then Kittle could also be, you know, that outlet guy and gets more targets there because they're trying to get the ball out of his hands quickly too. So who knows how that goes, but so much of Kittle is after the catch and he makes a lot happen on his own. But with Kelsey and Waller, just the pure target, share and and the offenses that might throw more is probably why I could see I could buy that argument although I'm still taking my guy Kittle
0: yeah I hear you I mean I'd like to have all of them I just think Waller's a slam dunk basically for fantasy
1: so here's the question not on the list at all not even in the honorable mentions is rookie Kyle Pitts I would probably put Kyle Pitts for even though it does take rookies a little while i mean mark andrews is good tj hawkinson's good dallas goddard is good and maybe they have better years this year than pitts as a rookie but gosh what pitts could do i would take the unknown and i would take that lottery ticket over probably all these guys
0: i would too and he's going fourth in fantasy right now too you can understand that situation is good there's obviously a little gap after waller uh they have andrews for which I probably would put Hawkinson ahead of him, kind of the, the Kittle versus Kelsey argument in terms of doing more. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think that's a good spot to put Pitts. I'm partial, too. If I build lists, I do not want to include rookies. I don't think it's fair to compare them to people I've actually seen yeah. with an NFL helmet on. Um, one Andrews note, though, while we're here that bothers me a little bit, every year, even when healthy – He's not a high snap count guy. He only plays like 60% of the Raven snaps. And that was even after they sh- shipped Hayden Hurst to Atlanta. I mean, he just doesn't handle a lot of snaps.
1: Yeah, really weird player. And they, uh, I feel like they've always does wanted he have to have
0: diabetes or some sort of condition. Cause I remember him almost opting out and I wonder if that has something to do with it.
1: Oh, maybe, I don't know. I just feel like I the think Ravens are treating him in a way that they're, they don't want him to be a Waller, Kittle, Kelsey. They yeah, don't want yeah. him to be a featured part of the offense as far as like the, the main target share. They just want him to be available to be thrown to, kind of. You know, what I mean? if that makes sense? Mm-hmm.
0: Not to mention, I mean, if you're going to play close to the ball in that offense, you got to be a pretty good blocker. And sometimes they'll bring in that 300-pound fullback. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, he's he's not a great blocker
1: which is where you know TJ Hawkinson shines, Goddard's so yeah. big. Um, I love Goddard. Hunter too. Henry's a complete guy, but so many injuries too. He's number seven. You got Evan Ingram at eight, more of the athletic split-out type who's been pretty underwhelming, but that kind of goes to show you where the tight end list and, and how far it drops after the top three guys and how hard it is because you're still projecting a little bit with Evan Ingram even though he's been in the league for, what, four years now?
0: Yeah, yeah. Hawkinson and Goddard are two of my favorite that if you asked, you know, who could come from nowhere, pits aside, to be a top three guy, I think those are the the clear choices for me. Henry, I think, is what he is, and that's a quality player. I wonder, is Ingram just a late bloomer at this position? Because he's really talented, a lot of drops, really inconsistent. But for him to be number eight and us not to really have an issue with it, kind of shows that a lot of teams are searching for tight end right now. And, you know, anyone that plays fantasy understands that. I actually think Jonu Smith is the fantasy tight end to own in New England. And he's my kind of sleeper bet to lead that team in all passing categories as well. Here's a little problem I have, though. I can't put Zach Ertz at 10. I mean, he was basically benched, too, and they're trying to give him away, and nobody wants him. Yeah, that's an
1: it fell off quickly for Zach Ertz as far as just how he's looked at around yeah. the league. And I would have thought at least some team would want to give him a shot and, and let him, you know, do what he's always done in their offense and get open and catch the ball and be at least, you know, like sort of a poor man's Travis Kelsey in their offense. But it seems like the Eagles can't find a buyer for him, which is really interesting. And they themselves, it looks like it's pretty clear that they think he's not as good as Goddard. So I don't know where to put Ertz or what to think about, his career or even his 2021 season.
0: He's one of the exceptions to the rule to me about maybe he's a tight end that did just fall off the cliff and didn't fade away slow. And that surprises me with him because he's always been a technician, a smart route runner, understanding where to sit down in zones, present big targets for his quarterback, not just reliant on being fast and agile and explosive. So I thought he'd always be a fade away, slow guy. But he fell off a cliff last year, you know, and no one seems to want him.
1: Yeah, and a little bit of injury, so maybe there's still some more there, and maybe a smart team could resurrect that part of his career. Um, and he's younger than Kelsey, too. He's a year younger than yeah, Kelsey, yeah. so interesting. Uh, Johnny Smith, you mentioned at nine. I agree with you about him being a sleeper fantasy star for teams this year. Then the honorable mentions are Gronk, still on the list here after coming Go out of retirement. That, yeah. uh, young guys, Noah Fant, Mike Jacecki, Austin Hooper, and – Packers tied in Robert Tanyan to finish out the honorable mentions on the list.
0: Which doesn't blow you away. It's not the greatest list I've ever seen, you know, the honorable mentions. Um, Fant is a guy that has really grown on me, though. I, I think he will be ahead of Evan Ingram next year, and he'll be in that 7-8 neighborhood, maybe even a little higher. And I concede, I mean, I I did not like him coming out of school. I thought he was a very linear, straight-line, fast guy, but Denver's recognized that, and they hit him a lot on shallow crossers and let you know get him in, in you know in stride and let him go. I think he's a pretty darn good player.
1: So essentially, we have a clear top three. Then we have a four through nine where it's like whatever, shuffle him up, and you're nitpicking there. And then Kyle Pitts is the rookie that we'll see how high his uh, star rises through the ranks of NFL tight ends. But I have a hard time believing he won't be top four at this point next year. He might be one. He could be. I, he's got that kind be, yeah. of ability. And it's funny because I bet the Atlanta Falcons and um, uh, Terry Fontenot, their their new GM, he probably wasn't interviewing for teams saying, OK, look, this is how I'm going to build my roster. My first draft, I'm going to draft a tight end in the top four. Right. That's how <laughs> right. I'm going to build my team. But he was that good of a prospect where you're sitting there at four and you just have to draft him.
0: I want him more than everybody else. Yeah. I, mean, I totally understand it. I mean, I thought he was clearly the best non-quarterback in this draft. And if Kelsey does take a, a step back and Kittle misses five games, there's a really good chance Pitts will be won next year.
1: But you still got to do it. There's yeah. been plenty of high-end NFL prospects that didn't turn out to be high-end NFL players, and, and that would actually kind of be a fun episode for us to do—is kind of like look through the draft and be and, if, and pick our players that we think could potentially be busts in the NFL. The biggest bust factor players, and usually bust factor yeah. players have some boom to them as well. Because I remember Josh Allen was one of those for me, and he boomed and didn't bust. So um, yeah, you can go. Another interesting
0: thing to do would be like look at the top. Five to ten picks in all the last twenty years, and the Jamarcus Russell-like busts that nobody saw coming. Why did they bust? Is there a common theme? Mm-hmm. You know, injuries would be one. Off the field slash one two would be one, right. but maybe there's you know there's something else there to be, to be found.
1: Yeah, bad landing spot ruining a player's. Oh career. yeah, yeah. All right, good stuff. We got to get out of here. We'll be back next week talking Vikings, talking Jaguars, fielding your Twitter questions at BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL. Some offensive lines, some defensive rankings as well, previewing teams, getting ready for 2021 training camp right here, Peacock and Williamson.